0: Welcome back to the Emergency Goalies podcast. We are back for the beginning of the Blackhawks season. We had a little preview last week, and this week we're going to get into the actual games that are going to be played. When, you listen, when you're listening, when you listening to this, or when you're first listening to this, it should be game day for opening day. So, yeah, but before we get to the opening the Blackhawks season, there's one more shoe to drop, which we kind of figured once Bowman was promoted, we kind of figured this was coming, but uh, Jeremy Colleton got a two-year contract extension and I don't really have a ton to say about this. Once Bowman got retained, you kind of figured this was coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, it it lines up their contracts. Bowman and Colleton are both uh, good through the next three years. So uh, you kind of figured that, you know, this is Bowman's first coach, his handpicked guy. Um, you know, obviously uh, Colleton was kind of a long-term investment in their eye when he was first hired. They knew it wouldn't be smooth going. They knew he was inexperienced, but they obviously see him as somebody who is developing on the job. And yeah, I mean, he was hired originally to help with the development of the young players in Rockford. That obviously was quickly short, short circuited uh, with the firing of Q. Uh, but now that the Hawks are in a full rebuild well, not full rebuild, uh, uh, whatever you want to call their rebuild uh, at the uh, NHL level, uh, Colleton mm-hmm. is going to be given the opportunity to develop those players at this level. So I, I honestly don't know if it's good or bad. I mean, as much as we talk about um, some of the defensive zone coverage, Colleton has been put into a very difficult position, with a bad roster, slow roster. Um, and, uh, most importantly, I mean, he's three years into his coaching career and he's never had an actual training camp with his yes. team yet. So it's just not yeah, for a, for a young coach to come into a situation like that, especially replacing a guy like Gwenville. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the fact that he hasn't completely lost the team, you know, with all the losing, with all the trouble, I, I think it speaks that there is something that he has, whether it's um, the way that he reaches young players or, or uh, you know, whatever, whatever it is, he's obviously – displaying some attributes that both the front office and the players Mm -hmm. respond to. Now, whether or not that that's enough, I don't know. Uh, You know, hard to say until he actually gets some good players to work with.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those, he gets a lot of flack from um, fans, you know, including fans that talk to us and stuff, that he, he gets a lot, but these are just very bizarre circumstances to try to evaluate a coach.
1: Yeah. And, you know, on honestly, with the Hawks not really in a position to win anything this year or pro and probably next year as well. Uh, you know, obviously you'd like to have a a coach that can help the young players develop. Um but if for whatever reason this doesn't work out, it's not the biggest deal in the world because you know if jerry jeremy calleton really is a bad coach instead of being the fifth worst team they're going to be the second worst team yeah. and that's not necessarily a bad
0: thing that's i mean having like a like the greatest coach in the world probably still not going to do much for this roster
1: exactly and you know as long as he doesn't do anything which stunts the development of guys mm-hmm. like kirby Doc and adam Boquist and clearly the Blackhawks do not think that that is something that Colleton is going to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was the guy that they picked to to develop those guys at the AHL after the organization had gone years and years and years, not developing players in the AHL, Mm -hmm. just their their prospects never took another step when they went down there and he was supposed to be their solution to that. So um, with that in mind, I mean, if a guy like Brent Seabrook, destroys the locker room because he's upset with his role mm-hmm. or, you know, one of the other veterans, you know, loses, his, uh, loses trust in Colleton. It's less of an issue to me. It's just as long as he doesn't do anything that disrupts
0: mess up the youngsters. Yet.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. Um, you know, there's going to be <laughs> either way, there's going to be a lot of losing the next couple of mm-hmm. years. So,
0: So, speaking of all that losing, the regular season does start.
1: (laughs) Against the best team in the league.
0: (laughs) Yes, the defending bubble, Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. As we mentioned last week, uh, they don't have Nikita Kucherov. He's out for the year. Yes. But with their, you know, I don't know their salary cap, but their ability to keep Everybody signed is amazing.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, basically the Kucherov injury is what has allowed them to more or less keep the team together this year. Um, This is basically the same situation that the Blackhawks had in 2015 when Patrick Kane went on the IR and they were able to add to the team. In this case, Kucherov's going on the IR and they're able to keep everybody. But Kucherov is expected to be back for the playoffs, so it is once again kind of like the Patrick Kane situation, where he's expected to be there day one of the postseason, mm-hmm. and they're just they're, they're going to have such a loaded roster for the postseason again. Uh, but you know, they they have enough forward depth where they can absorb the loss of even a player, you know, a top ten player in the league like Nikita Kucherov, and still be a very dangerous offensive team with a steady back end and uh, you know the best defenseman in the world probably right now in victor hedman and then you know a top five goalie in andre vasilevsky too so i mean it's a great team um i want to say one of the games last year they just completely ran the blackhawks out of the building like the blackhawks barely even touched the puck
0: (laughs) wasn't it like a 35 shot period or something i think it was something, something like that, that. Yeah. yeah
1: so this is not a good matchup for the blackhawks um you know the blackhawks have brought in a few more defensively responsible players um they've filled out their bottom six a little better mm-hmm. but with all the injuries they're you know they're, they're top line and their. um well, more, more of their second line uh, with Doc and Nylander mm-hmm. and Taves not around. I mean, that's that's half of your expected top six or seven forwards. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't imagine the Blackhawks can run and gun with Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, the Blackhawks can run and gun with the bad teams and outscore mm-hmm. them. They can run and gun with even some mediocre teams and outscore them on occasion, as long as the goaltending holds up. But a team like Tampa Bay – Where they have both skill, veterans, and structure. It's Mm -hmm. just, it's a recipe for disaster. (laughs) So, So and we get to face them twice to start it off. So, yes.
0: And then after that, uh, a series with the Panthers. Yeah. They're a team that's more you could run and gun with a little bit.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say where Florida is exactly. I mean, obviously, with Quenville, you're going to have a well coached team. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're a little spotty on the back end and they really turned over their forwards a bit this year. They let a couple of, um, high scorers go. Um, Hoffman went to St. Louis and, uh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. The Russian guy went to Ottawa. Um, um so they, yeah. Yeah, they I lost think. a couple of their their high scoring wingers, but mm-hmm. they have a pretty good prospect pool, and some of those younger guys are filtering into the lineup. So it's hard to say where they're at, other than they're better than the Blackhawks, yeah. <laughs> you know. And a lot will ride on whether or not Sergey Bobrovsky returns to something resembling his Vezina form, yeah.
0: which so obviously he, he didn't.
1: Not in his first year of his mega contract last year, but yep. um, I'm sure they're they're banking on him playing better this year. And if he does, I think they're at least a fringe playoff competitor, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Again, still better than the Blackhawks. <laughs> We're going to be saying that a lot this year. Yes.
0: So um, I guess we'll just – I was thinking how we should structure this little thing. I'll just – we'll go with their opening day what the opening day setup is. So goalie is going to be Delia and Subban.
1: Yeah. And my guess is they're probably, they haven't named a starter yet. Uh, Whoever starts game one is probably going to be the backup for game two. I'm I'm imagining it's going to be pretty 50, 50 at least to start off with until somebody grabs the net, you know, gets hot and hopefully somebody eventually does get hot. I mean, obviously that's the, of all the question marks with this team, that's, that's the biggest question mark there is is, Can any of these guys actually play consistent goaltender at the NHL level?
0: I mean, Delia showed that one year he showed flashes.
1: He he had a few games where, I mean, he was doing Corey Crawford things where he was making saves that he shouldn't be making and keeping the Blackhawks in games that they shouldn't have been in and even stole a couple of games. But he also had a few games where he was awful. And, you know, that's a small 13.
0: The longer he played,
1: the worse he got.
0: Yes, yeah, the worse he
1: got. Yeah, so is that – was that something where the league found a weakness in him or was it just, you know, the ups and downs of being a goalie and especially a goalie on a bad team? Because that was a year where the Blackhawks were bad. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, and then obviously – he was intended to be the backup to Crawford last year until r- the uh, Leonard, opportunity yeah. to sign Leonard late in the offseason cropped up. Mm-hmm. And so then Delia had to go down. and He had a, he started off slow, but apparently got better as the year went along. I did not watch yeah. much of Rockford last year. I think I only caught a couple other games, so I can't really say how well he played. But and then, hopefully um, he's ready yeah. for this next step.
0: And then Subban. Has never really had a long stretch. He played a little bit for for Vegas, but he's never really had a lot of play. Yeah,
1: you know, his numbers have never been very good in the NHL. He's a former first round pick. Um, he got a little bit of time with Boston, I want to say, before he went to Vegas. Um, but and I mean, he was the usual backup for Vegas for about a year and a half, I wanna mm-hmm. say. Um but he had some injury issues. Um, and he also, you know, was backing up Marc-Andre Fleury, who is, you know, a really great goaltender at Mm -hmm. especially that that first year. Yeah. Um, but also a guy who played a lot of games. So, you know, Subban never really was able to get into any kind of rhythm. He's just, he spends a lot of times, he spent a lot of time sitting on the bench. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's can be hard in those situations to, come in and play well when you're playing one out of, you know, every six games or whatever. So, you know, are his numbers a true indication of what he is as a goaltender? I mean, if if you give him three or four starts in a row or, you know, if he actually can get into a rhythm, can he actually play better? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, both Delia and Suban are pretty athletic. Um, yeah. You know, uh, they're, they're, they're going to make a few more, noticeable saves than cory crawford mm-hmm. who was you know a lot more structurally you know structurally sound and uh but you know, even though he had soft yeah even though crawford had really quick feet you know it was his positioning that was really his the key yeah. to his game
0: so you're gonna uh-huh. see spectacular saves but maybe some easy ones getting through
1: Right. And also, you know, spectacular looking saves aren't always a good thing because it usually means that they're out of position. Yeah, (laughs) So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Dominic Yeah. I mean, I do think both guys and uh, Lankanen is a guy, uh, Kevin Lankanen, who's their third goalie, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, is a guy that I haven't seen much of, but you know, he, he did show well on the international level a couple of years ago. Um, and got some people excited. Um, but at least in the case of Delhi and Suvent, they have some skill. It's just, you know, goaltender is so much psychological. It's, you know, how consistent can you be? Can you, you know, shrug off bad goals or mm-hmm. do you let it get to you? And you, you just really can't say how a goaltender is going to be able to react to that until you give them time in the NHL. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Blackhawks are doing this year. They're saying, hey, Go one of you guys, go grab the net, and yes. it, you know, that's what they're hoping for.
0: But by the way, before I get to the rest of the Blackhawks, of course, um, Corey Crawford retired, and yes, not I mean, it was unexpected, but the past few years, it really wasn't.
1: No, I mean, but, I think you know, we've been so used to it here in Chicago you know, is Corey Crawford one shot away from being concussed and, you know, his career being over. So, you know, even though this wasn't injury related, uh, you know, you just kind of get the sense that he, you know, he probably got to New Jersey. He's like, I don't know any of these guys. I maybe don't have the fire I once did. The team isn't very good. Is it really worth me? doing this and exposing myself to that danger of, you know, getting another concussion. And I think he probably just said, Nope, it's Mm -hmm. it's just not worth it. So, I mean, hopefully everything works out for him. Great career, great Mm -hmm. Blackhawk, arguably top two or three goalie in team history. And yeah, Yeah. uh, we're pro Crawford on this. Podcast. Yes, cool we always reference. have been, and yes. you're not going to hear me say too much bad about Corey well, Crawford. The only
0: thing I wish is that he would have retired as a Blackhawk, but he basically yeah, he knows. never
1: played for New Jersey, so, so. essentially, no, we'll I mean, it. he was a career Blackhawk. We'll count it. Yep. Yeah.
0: So, um, move on a little bit to the defense. Has gotten some changes, a few tweaks.
1: Yep, we'll and... be seeing Ian Mitchell full time. It seems like. Mm-hmm which, uh, something we talked about on and off the last year or so. Uh, he was another guy that the Blackhawks had hoped to be with the team, hoped would be with the team last year, but he decided to return to college for one more year to be the captain and to chase after a national championship, uh, with COVID cutting their season short. He obviously did not get that opportunity, but, uh, he is now signed and seems to have gotten pretty good reviews for Mm -hmm. his training camp. Um, They've paired him up with uh, Calvin DeHaan and uh, that relationship seems to be going pretty well. They talk about developing some pretty good chemistry there. So I, I think it, it could be a solid pairing for them. And I think the Hawks are probably hoping it, you know, kind of forms a good second pairing, um, you know, assuming DeHaan can stay healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. And then um Murphy is still there yeah it's kind of surprising
1: I thought for a while last year that they would trade him um but then once they kind of moved Brandon Saad uh you know I was looking at deals where they could move one player and free up the cap space that they needed um to get you know Strom and Kubelik signed Mm -hmm. uh but once they decided to move Brandon Saad, the, the need to move Murphy really dissipated. However, I, I do think they need to consider moving him at the trade deadline this year. Because uh, depending on how things play out during the season and whether or not DeHaan and Shaw and a couple of guys uh, mm-hmm. can stay healthy in that, um, they might have to expose Connor Murphy in the expansion draft. And that's obviously not the best use of resources no, really. when you can probably um, move him at the trade deadline. You know, right-handed defensemen are always in uh, in demand and his contract is reasonable. So even in the flat cap era, teams should be able to fit him in there. Um, but mm-hmm. a lot of it, well, I, I, in Murphy's case in particular, a lot of it will depend on whether Brent Seabrook is willing to waive his no-movement clause for the expansion yeah. draft if he does that they can protect both off and Murphy if Seabrook isn't willing to do that that would leave Murphy exposed and like I said then you got to look at trading him so
0: mm-hmm. so that I mean obviously Keith is still there yep you'll see Boquist
1: yeah Boquist um, has gotten paired off with, paired up with Zadorov um, <laughs> to start the year um, you know I think that if you want to go on the way back machine a little bit, I think the Hawks are kind of hoping for like a Jeff Boom, Brian Leach type pairing with those okay. two, where you got the rugged stay at home type and the more offensive minded uh, um, Dynamo paired with them. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, obviously both of those guys have some talent. Zadorov's a big rangy. Uh, you know, good wingspan. He moves pretty well. Uh, he's just never been able to be as consistent as mm-hmm. you want out of a, like a top four defenseman. He's kind of, he's gotten opportunities to do that, but then he makes some mistakes and he gets bumped down to a third pairing. Blackhawks are betting on him at being at the right age with the right amount of experience, mm-hmm. being paired with the right guy that he can take that next step. And if he plays well, I think the Hawks will extend him, and so no. you know that's that's the opportunity that he has.
0: And um, obviously, Seabrook is the seventh defenseman at the moment.
1: Well, no, he's not. He's not in camp yet. Well, yeah. Once he <laughs> one, he's expected to report soon. I guess they're saying he'd probably be NHL ready in early February. Okay.
0: So, so yeah. the seventh, it depends. That would be Sealer.
1: No. Nope. Nope, they actually uh, sent him down. So, yeah, um, with the AHL not starting right away, um, they've decided to keep up their prospects for the time being so that they can practice and they'll get into a few games as well. And then once the AHL season actually starts up, they'll send – so as of right now, they've got Baudin, they have Kalanuk, and they have – uh, Carlson, all three of those okay. guys are up. So right now they're technically the seven, eight, nine. Uh,
0: and they'll be, they won't go over their, their cap or whatever. For no,
1: no, games played, no, because they're on the taxi squad. So they technically don't count against the cap okay. um, and until, so you only call them up or you, you, you only elevate them on the days that you actually are going to play them. Okay. And uh, so, yeah. Um, I, so that'll be exciting. I think you'll, you'll see, I'm kind of hoping each one of those three will get at least a game early on. And then once the AHL season starts, I think at least two of those three, if not all three of them will go down. And then I would assume by that point, uh, Seabrook would either be back Mm -hmm. to handle the seventh defenseman, or they just call up somebody like Sealer to just sit on the bench or, you know, sit in the press box and, you know, not play, (laughs) but just be there in case somebody gets hurt. Right. Um, but yeah.
0: And then uh, finally to the forwards and that there's going to be a lot, there's a lot of turnover in this group and yep. obviously injuries have limited it, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the way to say it.
1: So, yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're going to go with Strom as their top line center with Kane and DeBrinket surrounding him. And then, um, Soderbergh has finally had his visa issues resolved Um, Mm -hmm. just today that happened, but he's still got to sit through quarantine. So he's going to miss the first road trip here, the first four games. Um, So with him out, it sounds like uh, Suter's going to play second line center, Mm -hmm. um, which is a big opportunity for him early on, hopefully to establish himself coming over. Uh, from Europe you know he's their their new European signing this year mm-hmm. and he's going to get a chance to play with Dominic Kubelik uh, mm-hmm. who obviously was successful in that transition last year the Swiss and league line yes yes and uh as of now I think Brandon Peary might actually be the other oh. winger um however uh just like with the defenseman the young defensemen they have brought uh Philip Kershev and Brandon Hagel um, up with them. So I think you'll probably see them rotate into Puri's spot a couple of times until Soderbergh gets back. Um, And then third line, you're looking at Walmart, um, who's one of their free agent signings this year, kind of a solid two-way centerman, doesn't skate Mm -hmm. real well, which has kind of held him back, but um, just a responsible player with a little bit of skill. And then uh, he's going to have Matthias yanmark who's their other free agent uh decent speed uh good defensive player has struggled with his offense the last couple of years but obviously the hawks are hoping he can chip in a yeah. little more and then andrew shaw who is back and healthy and then the fourth line is going to be the same fourth line we had at the end From of last pass, year with, yeah. yeah with camp and carpenter and high so and Collaton seems pretty happy with those guys. Um, and reports are they were pretty solid in training camp. Uh, however, they need to generate a little more offense than they mm-hmm. did last year. I mean, they they did pretty well on their own end, but they weren't able to, you know, it, it's, it's nice that you can suppress goals against, but eventually mm-hmm. you do have to chip in with some goals. And obviously, Highmore did that in the playoffs, but he wasn't able to do that in the regular season and they really kind of need him to kind of step up his game in that yeah, regard.
0: They're going to need a little bit more scoring this year with. Right, right.
1: He can't just have a fourth line that doesn't do anything offensively when, you know, like you said, they're you're missing so many of your top guys. So.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I think we've uh, covered everything team for you. Yeah. And yep. not much more to say. They're probably nope. not going to be very good.
1: But Blackhawks are rarely boring, you know, I mean, teams with Patrick Kane. I mean, we don't have Taves this year, but I mean, there's still there's still skill with Kane and Keith. They're still goal scoring with the Brinkett and Kubelik. And so, you know, you're not going to get a lot mm-hmm. of one to nothing, two to one games yes. with the Blackhawks. It's going to be three to four, three to five, five to four, six mm-hmm. to six to two. <laughs> you know, there's yes. going to be a lot of high scoring games and. Uh, back and forth action so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's uh, they may be bad but they'll they'll be fun and you know even even in a year like this uh, you know you can still enjoy watching the games even Mm -hmm. if the result isn't great and then you know at the end of the year we get to hopefully dream on uh you know maybe the first overall pick (laughs) even and uh maybe get a the next the next star for the team
0: Maybe. So yeah, um, we'll be back every week and give you a preview and recap and go through all the highlights and lowlights. We've got a season so at least for now and yeah, we'll have stuff to talk about. So I will, um, as always, I'm on Twitter, STH85, Michael.
1: MJ underscore Ernst.
0: And you can subscribe to the podcast on the apple podcast app and do you want to give us a five-star rating or something that'd be all right i mean we'd like we like getting positive feedback maybe even negative but trying to go with the positive so until our next uh, episode we got hockey to watch and i hope everybody enjoys it and go hawks Go hawks